On first down, the handoff to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10. He's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. Leonard with a second INT, and he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40. He's at the 30. He's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Kenny Moore gets to Deshaun Watson. That's a sack for Kenny Moore. Kenny has a pick and now a sack in the game. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Bring the Juice podcast. I am your co-host, Derek Larger, and with me, as always, is Cody Felger. Cody, how you doing today? I am doing well, Derek. Thank you for having me on another episode, man. It's it's a good day. I'm excited to bring my kind of list here of my updated mock draft um, after all the free agency moves and stuff. I'm doing very well. Thanks, Thanks for asking, man. Oh, no problem, man. Yeah, and like you said, uh, today we're going to be discussing Cody's first Colts mock draft. I know it's been a while since I did mine, and we haven't gotten Cody to do his yet, but we're going to get his today, probably have mine sometime next week. Uh, As everybody has seen, the NFL draft is still uncertain about what what the actual date is. Roger Goodell is still uh, adamant on getting the draft done in late April, despite a lot of people saying they should move it back. Uh, we're just going to plan for whatever comes. And now that we have a, a much more clear idea of what the Colts draft is going to look like now that we know they don't have a first rounder, uh, it's time to break down uh, the players that Cody thinks is going to get, are going to get drafted by the Colts this upcoming season. So Cody, go ahead. Yeah. For sure. Um, and this is something, man, where I had my mock draft before the Colts traded the 13th pick away, and I was feeling pretty good about it. And then when they got Buckner, I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to completely redo this entire draft. So it took me a couple hours to to sift through all the prospects and kind of give my look. You know, I looked at different people's kind of thoughts on different prospects and stuff and kind of thinking, you know, first off, I don't just want to put somebody on, you know, if they're projected to be around there. I don't want to just have a guy there because he's available. I kind of want to look at, you know, potential guys that fit into what the Colts have done. And also, you know, Chris Ballard's draft history kind of want to look into that. So uh, the first guy here, and this is obviously this draft that I have here is with the caveat that the Colts don't trade away one of these picks here. So if the Colts stay pat in all of these picks, this is kind of where I stand on these draft picks and kind of where I think the Colts could go at those positions. So, I'll start here with uh, the Colts' first pick in the second round here at number 34. Um, I think it's the biggest need on defense, especially with trading away Pierre Desir. Um, so I have the Colts taking Trayvon Diggs, corner out of Alabama. Um, he's a guy that's 6'1", 205, so he's got that elite size for a corner. Um, interesting enough, I, I read that he was a converted wide receiver. He was a wide receiver in high school, and they converted him to corner. So he's a guy that's actually really good um, in terms of when the ball's in the air. He's a good ball hawking type of corner, um, a guy that plays the ball well in the air. Uh, he's a guy, man, that he. I, I looked at kind of some of the stats. He was targeted 50 times in 2019. Uh, he only allowed 15 catches out of all those. Um, he allowed a pass rating of 16.3, which is obviously 
insane. Um, some of the issues that he might have, some of the, the issues that would you know maybe drop him to the second round there for the Colts at 34 would be some technical stuff, kind of similar to what we saw with Rocky Sin last year. Um, just some technique stuff. He gets a little bit handsy at times. Uh, but, you know, just a lot of refinement in the league, which I think is a lot of what we saw with Rocky Sin last year. Um, some of his struggles a little bit were, were technique things. And so I think that's the, the biggest knock on him. But, you know, he played with Alabama, played against some very good teams, very good offenses. And he really played really well. Um, and so, like I mentioned, it makes a lot of sense for me with the release of Pierre Desir. And it addresses, I would argue, you know, with obviously trading away for DeForest Buckner, I would say that's the biggest need on defense right now. So I think you knock that off with your first pick there in the second round. You don't really have to worry about it. Then you have a pretty solid corner group there um, with some young guys, Rocky Asin, Kenny Moore, uh, Marvell Tell. Um, who knows about Quincy Wilson? Then you add a guy like Diggs. I mean, that's a really good young corner group there with a lot of potential there. So I like Diggs there at 34. Uh, one thing that I thought was interesting from him, um, he has a really long arm length. Um, it's actually longer than Rocky Asin's, but not as long as uh, Marvell Tells. So it's kind of in between. It's 32 and 6 eighths, six eighths inches. Um, so he has the right arm length for a guy that Chris Ballard would look for there. Um, he kind of fits the mold as far as size. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of overall the type of corner that that the Colts need in this defense. And so uh, he fits the mold for me there at 34. For number 44, I'm, I'm switching over to the offensive side here, and I'm selecting a wide receiver. That's arguably the biggest position of need right now, at least immediate need for the Colts. And I'm selecting Clemson wide receiver T. Higgins. And the reason I'm doing that is because of the recent news that Devin Funches will not be returning with the Colts, I thought, Maybe you address Funches and you can, you know, if you re-sign Funches, you can address another position here at 44. But I, I'm going to stick with Higgins here. Um, I think he, um, this move just makes sense on a lot of levels. First off, this guy's been productive with Clemson. The last two years, he's had double-digit touchdowns. Last year, he had over 1,000 yards. He's a major red zone threat. The Colts obviously lost two big red zone threats with Funches and then Eric Ebron leaving in free agency to Pittsburgh. Um, and also, you know, just the connection with Philip Rivers. You kind of look at some of the guys that Philip Rivers has thrived with in the past you know, with the Chargers. You know, big body guys, red zone, you know, vertical threat guys like Vincent Jackson, like Malcolm Floyd, and now you know, most recently Mike Williams. Mm-hmm. Big guys that he can just throw the ball up to. And we know Philip Rivers likes to throw those 50 50 jump balls and let his guys go and make a play. And Higgins is a guy that that is exactly his game. I mean, he's a guy that goes up and gets it. Yeah. Um, a big red zone threat there. I think it makes a lot of sense on a lot of levels. Um, and, you know, the interesting thing is he's a good route runner, but I think feel like similar to Paris Campbell last year, he needs to just continue to develop his routes. I think that would be maybe a, a, not a slight knock on him. It's just continuing to develop a full NFL route tree. Uh, and, you know, one thing that I love about him is he has really good hands which Colts fans know last year uh, with Devin Funches and Eric Ebron, they were big red zone threats, but that was the biggest knock on both of them was their hands. Lots of drops and T Higgins has very good hands. Mm -hmm. Um, And let's just think, let's, let's just think about this for a second. When is the last time the Colts have had a game changing red zone threat at the wide receiver position? I, I honestly can't think of the last time. I mean, I, 
I wouldn't say there was a guy or big red zone threat in the Andrew Luck era. I would not say there was one in the Peyton Manning era. It's been a long time since the Colts have had a receiver like T. Higgins could give you there. Um, but, you know, he he falls to 44 for me because he's not the fastest receiver you'll ever see. I think there may be some questions on like, yeah, he's 6'4", but how athletic is he? Um, a few questions mm-hmm. there, but, you know, he's just something I think that some of his knocks, it's especially, you know, the, the developing a full route tree are stuff that are teachable, just stuff that will come over time with Higgins. Um, and he's a guy, man, that that you can, you know, plug in there with T.Y. Hilton, Paris Campbell, Zach Pascal, maybe Reese Fountain or Ashton Doolin. And then if you have T. Higgins, I mean, if everybody's able to stay relatively healthy, which was here, man, that's a wide receiver group. Um, and it's a major, major upgrade from what they had last year where nobody could get open. You couldn't really rely on anybody. And, and I just think that makes sense. Too much sense for me there at 44 with T. Higgins. So at this point, in my opinion, you've addressed the two biggest needs on your offense and your defense. Um, and in the third round, I'm probably going to go get back to the offense here because I think the offense needs more help than the defense at this point. Um, I'm going to go back and I'm going to get Philip Rivers another weapon. Um, and I'm going to go after Cole Komet if he's still there at 75. I'm not sure if he will be, but if he is there, I'm definitely taking him. If he's not, I'll probably take Bryson Hopkins out of Purdue. So one of the Indiana tight ends I'll probably take there in the third round. Um, and it makes sense because you look at the Colts tight end position right now. Obviously I mentioned before Eric Ebron left in free agency, signed with Pittsburgh. He was a big red zone threat, you know, say what you want by Eric Ebron, but he stretched the defense and he gave defensive coordinators, uh, you know, nightmares as far as matchup problems. And I think you just need another guy that can do that. Um, and I think Cole Komet is definitely arguably the best tight end in this class. Um, you know, and it makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways um, because you look at that tight end group, you have Jack Doyle, who I love Jack Doyle. He's a reliable target, but let's be honest. He's not a guy that you're really like terrified of if you're a defensive coordinator. He's a guy that's going to be reliable, but he's not a guy that's going to take mm-hmm. the top off of a defense. Mo Ali Cox, who's another guy who's pretty young, really good run blocker, but he just has not shown a ton yet in his career as far as receiving threat goes. He's got the size. He's got the ability. He just hasn't put it all together yet. And you could argue quarterback play was a reason last year. But um, I just think it makes sense to do that, to have a guy, man, that the defensive coordinators are planning for. Like, how do we stop Cole Komet? How do we stop Bryson Hopkins? How do we stop one of these guys? I think it makes a lot of sense there. And, you know, he's 6'6", 262, so he is definitely going to be a matchup problem. Um, and we know, Derek, after we've seen Frank Reich in his offense the last couple of years, especially in 2018 with Andrew Luck, he loves those two tight end sets. He loves them a lot. And adding a guy like Cole Komet, he just gives Phil Rivers more weapons. He helps free up some of your wide receivers, who we know that's been an issue with the wide receivers. They could not get open. Um, so he gives, you know, he helps everybody out on that offense. And I think it makes a lot of sense. Um but yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the assumption that Komet's there at 75. If he is not, then I would probably take Bryson Hopkins out of Purdue um, and also pretty good receiving threat thing. So uh, yeah, so at this point through my three rounds, I've addressed the offense twice, the defense once. I think arguably, you know, outside of quarterback for immediate needs that you need this offseason, absolutely. I would say I've addressed now the top defensive need and the top two offensive needs. And so 
that's that's uh you know that's through three rounds here um so i'm gonna go now moving to the fourth round gonna look at beefing up that offensive line depth a little bit and that's something that we've we've talked about on this podcast the colts losing two of their top reserve offensive linemen to free agency they signing to different places i can't can't say i blame them they want a chance to start totally makes a lot of sense to me but for me, I'm going to go look at some offensive linemen, and I'm going to actually uh, go look at an offensive tackle, and that's Matt Peart uh, out of UConn. He's 6'6", 318 pounds. He's got super long arms, like 36-and-a-half-inch arms, which is blue-chip talent. That's the type of player that Chris Ballard loves, and that's kind of what we've seen in the past with some of his selections, you know, dating back to Kansas City with Eric Fisher. Um, you know, looking at Braden Smith, um, looking at even Zach Banner, a guy who's a kind of a physical freak type of player. Um, and, you know, this move makes us make sense because I obviously mentioned Joe Haig, Josh Andrews. They signed other where other places. We know, obviously, the uncertainty around Anthony Costanzo. He signed a two year extension. So you think you have a little bit of buffer room. Uh, but, you know, the offensive tackle depth is definitely a concern and a question mark. Um, and Pierce, the kind of guy that you would consider a mauler type guy. So he'd probably t- play the right tackle position. He's a really good run blocker. Um, one of that's on him is he's not a great pass protector, but he's a guy that, you know, can continue to develop behind Braden Smith. Um, a guy that just needs to re- maybe take a year to refine his skills a little bit. Um, but he's a guy that definitely has a lot of upside and a lot of potential. Um, he's got a lot of the tools that are necessary to be a very good offensive tackle in this league. Uh, and, you know, what better offensive line to sit behind than the offensive line that played all five starters all 16 games last year. I think it makes a lot of sense there at offensive tackle. So I'm going to take Peart there at in the fourth round at the 122nd pick. Uh, okay, so now I'm moving over um, to the 160th pick here, um, and I'm going to flip it back over to the defensive side here, and I'm going to help that unit out by selecting an edge presence here. Um, so in the last few years, we've kind of seen the Colts draft a few guys in the second and then the third round um, on that defensive line. And so the guy who I'm selecting here for the Colts, I think he's a guy that fits very well into what the Colts are trying to do here on defense. And he's just adding more juice to that pass rush department, right? It wasn't an awful unit by any means in 2019, but it wasn't a great unit. It was about smack dab in the middle there, sitting there at 15 in the league tied for 15th in the league there. Um, so adding another pass rusher certainly will help that position. Um, especially with some of the question marks, you know, obviously Justin Houston, who we've talked about tremendous season last year, but he's getting up there in age. You wonder how much longer can he continue to put up that production? Kamoko Turi coming back from a major injury last year. Uh, and then Ben Banigou, who's kind of, he showed some flashes for you, but he's a guy, man, that, you know, he hasn't shown that he can be consistently a disruptive force on the edge. So you have some question marks there. And then if, what do you do with Joe Ball Sheard? Are you going to bring him back? Maybe you let him walk. Maybe you try to sign somebody else. You just, it's just up in the air right now. So because of that, I'm going to add a guy, and I'm going to add a guy who's Alex Highsmith. Um, and he's a guy, man, that, you know, he's a senior. Um, he's got good athletic ability. One thing that I found really interesting, of all the guys of the Colts, Chris Ballard has selected – um, at the defensive end position, I think they were all in the senior bowl. So they were all seniors. Um, and it's, it's the same thing here um, with high Smith. You know, he's a guy that has excellent burst, excellent explosion. Um, he's the kind of guy that Chris Ballard is looking for in terms of athleticism. 
um, in terms of burst, um, in terms of bend. He's looking for all those things. Um, he's he's very violent pass rusher. He's got a very good motor, which I think is huge. Um, you know, he's he's got a knack also for just playing through the whistle, which I know is a big thing for Chris Ballard as well. So that's the guy I'm taking there, uh, defensive end, adding to that defensive end position. And then at 185 here, um, I'm dipping back into the offensive line, and now I'm going to go back into the interior offensive line, which I think is now one of your bigger needs. Um, and I'm taking Michael – I don't know how to pronounce his last name oh, – on Wenhu out of Michigan. I apologize if I butchered that. But he's a guy who just helps with the interior of your depth there at the offensive guard center position. Um, he's a guy that, you know, he's – He's pretty raw, but he he's got he's a very powerful player, and I know that that's the type of player that Chris Ballard likes to take a take a chance on. Some of those guys who have the raw athletic ability, uh, they just need a lot of refinement. So I'm taking him there. He's kind of in that Ballard mold of a big Mauler type player. Um, 193. I, uh, I'm taking a guy here that Derek you mocked actually to the Colts in your your previous mock draft a few months ago, and I'm going Benjamin Victor out of Ohio State. One of your guys there. Um, he's a guy who's a big bodied wide receiver, which obviously complements Philip Rivers well, similar to T. Higgins. Uh, he's a guy that ha- obviously has a very, very wide catch radius as well. Mm-hmm. I think bodes well for this Colts offense. Um, I think obviously he's he he wasn't super productive at Ohio State for multiple reasons, and that's kind of why he's fallen here to the later rounds. But for me, it it comes back to the type of receiver that the Colts are looking for with Phillip Rivers, the type of receivers that Phillip Rivers has played with in the past. Um, And he's a guy I think who you can continue to develop. He's got those raw tools to be a good red zone threat. And, and I just think it makes a lot of sense there, Benjamin Victor for the Colts. Um, And I think he'll, he'll thrive well with this kind Mm -hmm. of vertical passing offense that the Colts are going to presumably run here with Phillip Rivers. Um, So that's the guy here I have there in the sixth round and in the seventh round at a 211, I had the Colts beefing up that defensive interior and selecting defensive tackle Darian Daniels out of Nebraska. I just added him because he's a guy that I think is just another big body in the interior. You don't have a lot of those guys outside of Grover Stewart. He's just another guy that you can continue to add, continue to try to stop the run, especially if you don't sign another guy in free agency. So that is, in a nutshell, my seven-round mock draft. Do you, do you have any any thoughts here, Derek, on some of those guys you like? Um, yeah, just give me your thoughts overall on this mock draft. Yeah, um, I, I kind of like it uh, with the sense of you know spreading everything around, uh, especially towards the later ends. I think you can get some good value picks here. Uh, Trayvon Diggs uh, is a good pickup. My only issue is I don't think he gets out of the first round. That's me personally. I've been mm-hmm. having him in my mo- first round mock drafts over the last like month that I think Trayvon's going to be one of the uh, top three corners selected in the first round. But if he is to somehow slip to that second round, oh my goodness, yeah, I would love to have Trayvon. Because like you mentioned, he's the prototypical size of what a Chris Ballard likes. 6'1", 210 pounds. It's just a big body guy that can definitely get physical up front. Uh, he certainly is a, a, a bull rushing kind of uh, corner. He definitely takes things... Uh, he definitely likes to be physical, which is definitely, again, something that the Colts like in their corners. So, yeah, Trayvon's definitely a good one. Uh, at that 44, that was an interesting one for me that you selected T. Higgins. Um, 
just out of curiosity, do you think Claypool goes before that, or do you think he's going after 44? Hmm. I would probably say he'd go after. Um, hmm. I've seen a lot of people projecting him like a third-round pick, so gotcha. I'd probably say he goes after, But and I've seen some people say the Colts select him in the third round, so uh, I'm okay with either of those guys. I just have T Higgins because I've seen the production that he's put up with, yeah. with Clemson and just seeing the matchup, especially with Devin Funches leaving. He's kind of the same you know, type of body. And I think that's what Phillip Rivers needs in terms of his wide receivers. So that's kind of why I, I put him there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. interesting because there's so many different things. Cause like you mentioned, it, there's, when you're breaking down T Higgins or Chase Claypool, which I think most people assume in that second round is who the Colts may target at 44. Um, some other names you can mention is Denzel Mims. If he's still there in the second round, um, yeah. a couple other guys as well. But yeah, T Higgins, uh, a lot of people saw what he did at his pro day, a four, five, two 40 time, not very good. Um, that's not, that's not good at all when you're looking at a 40, but you mentioned just how, the way he plays when you're six, four as a wide receiver, that's very important. Um, and just the way he plays, he can make those contested catches. That's how he's made his production at Clemson. And you mentioned that Philip rivers loved Mike Williams because he could just throw it up there and then put it in a position where Mike Williams can just go up and get it over the corner. And that's what T Higgins is very good at. So, and, and T Higgins has something that Claypool doesn't. Claypool is much more athletic than T. Higgins, but T. Higgins has never really had a drop problem. And we, mm-hmm. we we constantly keep saying every year, can we stop with the drops? Can we stop with the freaking drops? And yeah. T. Higgins has never really had that problem. Chase Claypool actually has had a little bit of a drop problem. Uh, I mean, it's ultimately just a matter of which GM uh, looks at pro day numbers more than just the production. What do you look at on tape and T Higgins, like you said, being six, four, 210 pounds. It's he's a, he's a mammoth of a guy and he's a mismatch for 50, 50 balls for almost any corner. So yeah, I mean, T Higgins at 44, if he drops that far, I'm not, I'm not opposed to that, that big body wide receiver that you mentioned Uh, 75. I think most people have, uh, the Colts selecting a tight end in this in this one as well. I've had a tight end or a offensive lineman going to the Colts in the third round. I I would love to get Bryson Hopkins. Uh, he's a great mm-hmm. a great receiving tight end, and we all know that you know it, it, Rivers loves his receiving tight ends. And as much as Jack Doyle can be one, he's like you said, not a uh, take the top off the defense kind of guy. Bryson Hopkins can certainly be that. Uh, your Alex Highsmith mm-hmm. one. I just looked him up. Um, dude, the the production level of this guy from his from his first three years to his senior year. I don't care what school you came from. This kid had a massive jump. He went from sixty total tackles in twenty eighteen with only three sacks to going to seventy five tackles with fourteen sacks. And he had a forced fumble as mm-hmm. well. 14 sacks and three pass deflections as well. <laughs> so this kid was very, yeah. very good last season. I don't care. Again, I don't care what school you go to. Carson Wentz came out of North Dakota State. Okay. I really don't care. It, it's the production you can get. And I mean, if for 
uh, fourth or fifth round guy. I mean, <laughs> the, the production speaks for itself. He dominated in his conference. Yeah. So that certainly does help. So that's an interesting one. I really like that sack number it shows that he definitely has the tools to um, make some people miss on the outside, which is good. Uh, then you beefed up the interior with uh, Michael Owenu. Owenu, yeah. And then really like your Benjamin Victor pick uh, from Ohio State. Uh, I've my always his biggest knock on him was his first two seasons just had a drop problem. The first two seasons, um, mm. he's kind of he's kind of ensured that uh, he's kind of fixed that this last season with Ohio State and. I mean, the reason he didn't have as much production is because, you know, Chris Olave, uh, who is a sophomore this year for Ohio State, most likely going to be the number one receiver taken out of college next year. And Garrett Wilson, who um, I think was regarded as the best freshman wide receiver in the country when he came in. I mean, they had a stud, talented offensive line and an offensive uh, offensive weapons as well. So, I mean, it's tough Mm -hmm. to get production when you have two or three other guys that are like right now could also probably be drafted if they were going to do that right now. But uh, Victor has very good. He's very good at route running. He's very good at creating space. Um, Not a tremendous, uh, not tremendous speed by any means. But again, he's uh, that big body has a great catch radius, uh, just is able to high top it. He's a great route runner. And, you know, with 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 time and just getting him fit into a system, I feel like that would be a great one. I kind of had a, a argument on Twitter earlier about a guy who, like, is adamant that we never draft another Ohio State player ever because, you know, he says Ohio State players never do good in Indy ever. So I I had I certainly had a few words to say about that. And I'm not going to I'm not going <laughs> to mention it. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Victor's a good one, and Darian Daniels definitely, like you said, another big body on the defensive uh, tackle position. Um, I would think probably in that fourth round, if Devon Hamilton is in the is in there, I would really love to uh, possibly get Devon Hamilton uh, in that fourth round defensive tackle out of Ohio State. Guy has a great bull rush. He's uh, tremendous on the inside in both the run and the sacking. He actually. Uh, I think he was second on Ohio State's team in sacks last year. I think he had uh, six or seven. So he certainly can get to the uh, to the quarterback as well. But yeah, overall, dude, I, I like your I like your mock draft. I think that there's great talent there all across the board. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. No yeah, for me, it was more just looking at positions and looking at needs, looking at guys that fits Ballard's mold. And it made sense to me. Now, people can disagree. That's totally fine. But uh, that's, I mean, I'll probably change when we come out with our other mock draft. I know you'll probably have a little bit different than mine. But, yeah, I, lo- I love it. I love being able to do this. It was really, like, my first mock draft that I've, like, shared with people. So, uh, very, very glad you you think it's decent, at least. So Yeah, yeah, I got you. Uh, yeah, and it's interesting. One thing I wanted to touch on, because I will probably have somebody in the comments just asking us about this. I didn't have them selecting a quarterback at all. I didn't have the Colts selecting a quarterback mm. because of the reason that we talked about, Derek. I think the Colts right now are kind of in win-now mode. Uh, I think that, you know, Chris Ballard's kind of in the mindset right now of we have a good enough roster. We saw, and even in 2018, when we had an elite quarterback in Andrew Luck, 
I mean, we were we went we made a pretty deep run in the playoffs, and you know you 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 think Phil Rivers maybe could be a top ten quarterback if he gets talent around him. He has a good offense. <laughs>